0: day good day today on the show we are going to talk about I know the title says something like top three diagnoses of serial killers or something like that the way we've actually structured it are there actually
1: 17
0: there's 45.2 <laughs> <laughs> in our structural diagnosis no we're gonna do some differentials. A differential is when you're not sure if it's this diagnosis or that diagnosis. And so there's some things that weed that out. So you do what's called a differential. I remember in one of my training sites, I worked under a psychiatrist and we used to do differentials Mm -hmm. after rounds every morning because as psych students, we were like, we don't know. I don't know what it is. And then she would stand up at the board and we would do differentials and come to interesting thoughts about that we're going to do a version of that. We're not diagnosing anybody in particular. So, we're going to do a chunk on antisocial personality versus psychopathy. We're going to do a chunk on schizophrenia versus a whole f- fuck ton of shit. And then we're going <laughs> to <laughs> we're going to do a chunk of narcissistic personality versus more of a borderline personality. And, you know, those are not that sounds very black and white, but yeah, this will the, not some be of this a- stuff will
1: overlap, of course, and some of these will have shared traits, of course. That can be, you know, and and this is why before we go into this, I think it's why it's so hard to diagnose personality disorders. You really have to be privy to this person and their behavior for a pattern of for a period of time because yeah. it's complex.
0: Yeah, it's like when I get a client that's discharged from the hospital and they say. I have a diagnosis of BPD, which is commonly known as borderline personality disorder. And I ask who gave you that diagnosis? And they say the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how long are you in the hospital? They're like seven days. All (laughs) righty. Well, that's not uh fair and also let's not fair let's 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 set it aside for a moment all right so let's start with antisocial versus psychopathy and i just want to throw out there right out of the gate that we would say the antisocial personality disorder and you can disagree with me kathy tell me if i'm wrong fits kind of a a bundy gacy Mm -hmm. manson
1: yeah, anti, the root of antisocial personality is really a disregard for and violation of people's rights. And also, they don't, they meaning the people assigned with this diagnosis, really don't believe the rules apply to them, right? right. And they can be violent or nonviolent. I think there's um, a misunderstanding that people with APD are always physically violent. But the truth is is that there are times where if the situation doesn't present itself, then the violence does not always accompany it, which is where it can also be distinguished between this and psychopathy, which we'll talk about in a moment. A few things about APD is we know that Um, It's not as uncommon as people think, you know, more than 200,000 cases per year in the United States. That's a rough diagnosis. Of course, we don't have all the data. And we also have to make space for inaccurate diagnoses like Shannon's talking about. It's common. It's more common in males. And it's with a lot of these more potentially violent diagnoses. We know that risk of physical harm goes down with age. And if we relate that to testosterone, it's because testosterone starts to, it lowers in a male. It's not just because they get tired. Well then, (laughs) so 18 to 35 is where we see most of the, you know, i don't know the center of the diagnosis and the, where <laughs> the they do the potential harm you're at your peak performance yeah because we know that when folks are being let out of prison age sure. is a factor for oh for yeah parole yeah
0: when they're 75 yeah th- there's more of a chance they're getting out yeah
1: they can't lift an axe anymore With the testosterone <laughs> <laughs> perhaps cognitive function of planning
0: murders <laughs> yeah. has gone down <laughs>
1: They're not. <laughs> I, can't. I, I, Sorry. Lost it.
0: I mean, they might still be able to manipulate you, but it's
1: from afar with their eyes like the force. <laughs>
0: Jesus. just uh, these, Well, I these... don't know. Wouldn't it make you a little bit more dangerous because people are just going to think
1: ah, that's an old man. People with APD really are just they don't give a fuck and they break a lot of laws.
0: Yeah, They're going to exploit you, they're going to violate all the yeah. rules. It's kind of like we, uh, in our mini cast, we are going through the universal for our patrons. Uh, we're going through the universal classic monsters and we watched the invisible man. and The invisible man was a bit of an antisocial personality. <laughs> oh my god, he didn't give a, hmm, he, what no, what he was doing to people, and he was so freaking
1: entitled. So, the invisible man, Bundy Manson, <laughs> okay, so. Within the same family, if you will, we have this subcategory, which is psychopathy. It's not a diagnosis, but it's like a subcategory of antisocial personality disorder. Mm. And Hervey Cleckley, a psychologist who more or less pioneered the concept of a psychopath, defined what we call the psychopathy checklist. Okay, so to, to before I go too far into that, antisocial person, personality disorder is really about the behavior of an individual where they, you know, everything that we just talked about, they ignore the law, they, they will exploit you, but psychopathy better details the subject's personality. So what, They incorporated in the psychopathy checklist, which would differentiate whether someone was just APD or they also had psychopathic traits or were considered psychopathological, is things like superficial charm, a lack of truthfulness and insecurity, lack of nervousness. So they lack a fear response. Like a bomb could blow up next door and they wouldn't, you know, or they they would find out that someone was coming after them or that they were going to lose their job or their kid or whatever. And they don't have the same response. Their fear response in their brain doesn't work the same. Inadequately motivated, they have this pathological egocentricity that oftentimes is, you know, in line with narcissism, but not always. There's a lack of remorse not just a lack of empathy. There's a real lack of remorse and shame and an inability to follow life, uh, a life plan. They're just kind of all over their place. They're instantly gratified. It takes a lot for them to feel stimulated. They really need to up the ante. My favorite
0: favorite is the parasitic lifestyle. The parasitic lifestyle. (laughs) Yes. They will suck the life out of you. They will. And also they're so commonly just freeloaders. Yeah. 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 You can take the uh, the checklist
1: <laughs> online. So, yeah, I've know. had to do the checklist for clients before. And so yeah, we have course. found in that and sometimes they they do murder or harm people. And sometimes they're just the executives and really high- there's a great book called Snakes and Suits. Yeah, it's a good one. If you want to know more about like the nonviolent but exploitative ones, there's a little bit of that differential. You know, we would see people. Yeah, like Bundy, you know, Bundy fell in so many categories, but I would. I I feel like Bundy might be a psychopath, but I feel like he's more of a sociopath, personally.
0: Sure. Do you feel like we know yet, or is there a way to sort of say why someone would be antisocial and not be psychopathic? Because we're obviously talking about serial killers who are psychopathic, but... The antisocial personality, I think, is what you're talking about, where they might use that manipulation and exploitation and and cunning and all of that in business or something, in in politics. But they
1: just don't have, what, the brain? No, I I think the way that I see it is antisocial personality disorder are people who just like, it's a means to an end for them, where they're just like, you know, breaking into banks and not caring and they're doing all this shit. When you get to psychopathy, you're also adding like a lot of those narcissistic qualities that don't always go hand in hand with antisocial personality disorder. So that, and that's what I think that, Cleckley talks about is like psychopathy better details the subject's personality because we know that people with antisocial personality disorder don't always have narcissism or narcissistic personality sure or. but most psychopaths mm-hmm. have a level of narcissism yeah, yeah, right so I think it it's, it's antisocial personality disorder with layered narcissism mm-hmm. makes psychopathy yeah well, um, that makes sense to me that to me is how I've best understood it but you know there's a lot of different interpretations of it so
0: the invisible man has an antisocial personality personality and Manson or Dracula is more of a psychopathic narcissist with any So Yeah, tendency. I would agree with that. I don't know.
1: We also know that the invisible <laughs> I mean, man to me just to comes off like, you know, he's such an he's so manic and addicted and yeah. I don't know. Like I I struggle with him because he's narcissistic, but I don't know if we know the origins of that.
0: No, we do not. We would just do a
1: rule out. Yeah. <laughs> that's correct we're gonna use the universal monsters through this
0: (laughs) apparently
1: because why not but i would say someone like gacy was a psychopath yeah definitely yeah definitely
0: and y'all knew who gacy is right (laughs) he's the clown man that put little boys underneath his yeah deck killer clown who raped and killed 33 boys and young men in the 1970s correct yep let's talk let's go towards schizophrenia because I know that many of our very famous serial killers have been diagnosed or misdiagnosed, let's put it that way, with schizophrenia, more of the David Berkowitz,
1: I think Gein. Yeah, was, the thought the thought disorder yeah. included, not just the... And I think there was also some suspicion that Richard Ramirez may yeah, have had, oh, yeah, had that uh, some sense. level of psychosis. Something so, like that. Mm-hmm.
0: And I know there's this guy, Holmes, from 2012, who did the Batman murders, Mm -hmm. who was diagnosed by, I don't know, 10 or 20 doctors with schizophrenia. So there's also more contemporary folks that I'm thinking of, too, or David Gonzalez.
1: Yep. Yes. uh, David Berkowitz and Ed Gein I have is two of mine with paranoid schizophrenia, which is a very important distinction we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah, let's do that. When you're looking at folks with schizophrenia, I think it's really – we want to be careful to not assume that schizophrenia creates risk as far as danger – schizophrenia really is only dangerous if there are paranoid delusions or hallucinations that are associated with it because schizophrenia in and of itself does not cause someone to murder somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important distinction because if you read literature, it'll say schizophrenia is a high risk factor for serial killers. That blanket statement is a really dangerous statement that couldn't be more untrue. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's something like less than 1% of people have, true
1: schizophrenia. Yeah, it's always laced with a bunch of other shit. Yeah. So when we're talking about delusions or hallucinations, delusions would be, you know, a thought that isn't based in reality where hallucinations would be a perception. So they're smelling or seeing or hearing or or feeling something that isn't really there. Well, and a lot of mental health stuff have delusions.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's wearing a Rams shirt today and perhaps you have the delusion that the Rams are going to go any farther than anywhere this <laughs> Not season, this season.
1: <laughs> but my, my lions will. <laughs> yeah, um, your lions might. yeah. No. Right. Like, and we, and here's a funny thing about delusions too, is that now they are, they can be reasonable enough that somebody like, they don't have to be bizarre. They can be non-bizarre to, and someone can still have a delusional disorder. And what I mean by that is, you know, whereas before it had to be this really like, absurd delusion for someone to be diagnosed, but we know that people can also be delusional about things that appear to be based in reality, which is tricky because when you're looking at someone with trauma who has had a lot of things happen to them that might appear unbelievable, the courts might look at that as a delusion and that's actually the truth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and people are going to think that people that have delusions are schizophrenic. That's right. But but there's actually something called delusional disorder. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's just delusions only. They don't have any of the other. They don't have the hallucinations. Right. Yeah. And then we have two different personality disorders that, that are in the schizo, but they're different from, you know, schizophrenia. We have schizotypal personality disorder. These people appear kind of odd or -hmm. peculiar. They might show really eccentric or unusual thinking and behaviors. And we know that some of these folks, some of the serial killers and things that we've talked about on the show before, many of them are really fucking bizarre. Oh my God.
0: Well, you mentioned Ramirez a little while ago Mm -hmm. and he exhibited very bizarre behavior all that time in the courtroom when he would like talk to the cameras and he'd be making faces at everyone. And, Mm just the nature of his crimes and how he executed things. And then the, the short period of time where he just like kind of lost it and, and ended up being so bizarre that he got caught. Mm -hmm. So deluded, so bizarre, so out there, so unconnected to reality that he was not trying to not get caught.
1: (laughs) No, for sure. So if we look at some of the symptoms of this ideas of reference, so that means someone's watching, this is an example, someone's watching television and a commercial comes on and they believe that something being spoken in that commercial is being spoken directly to them.
0: Yes, I've had I'm sure you've had this a ton, but to give an example for anyone who hasn't come across this before is I had a client at one point that when when they would watch television, they had these m- massive delusions about Obama and every time and Hillary, it was both of them and every time the television was even on, it was Obama or and or Hillary speaking to them. It was actually mostly positive. It's a it's a strange thing for anyone to hear if you're not familiar with it, but it was like the self-care, it was the mom and dad yeah, of that was a sign of the mental health here. Right. So it was
1: like it was a very positive reference. Shannon does this with Kane Hodder when we go to <laughs> horror conferences. She'll see him down yes. you know we've got speaking several, to me several signatures from him now and she'll be like <laughs> i f- i feel him i know that he has something to say to me we need to go talk to him <laughs> let me
0: just uh i could just channel i could just put my hand up to my forehead and 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 channel he's him. here for me he's, he's here, here for me i must go with kizik it Can's free shoes motion sounds something like this
1: a couple other symptoms, unusual beliefs, perceptual illusions, odd thinking and speech, which he certainly had, suspiciousness. Kane Hodder or... Kane uh, Hodder. (laughs) Uh, uh, Richard Ramirez. Or Ramirez. Oh, right. right, Inappropriate affect. Oh my God, for sure. Smiling when things aren't really funny or just a weird look on their face that really doesn't match the situation at hand. Strange behavior, lack of friends, paranoid social anxiety. Many of these guys paranoid social anxiety. They were, mm-hmm. they were very isolated, dissociation. So to me, he feels like he had elements of that. Yes. Yeah. Agreed.
0: And I, I don't remember, but he may have been diagnosed with it. I'm, I don't really remember.
1: I'm not sure he was, and he also had epilepsy and a type of epilepsy that they thought could have impacted the way he thought about things. He was also a sexual sadist. Yeah. And there's that too, because schizophrenia is, is a brain disorder. It's a mm-hmm. chronic
0: brain disorder. Mm-hmm. So when you have also uh, these other medical conditions I believe a lot of the research talks about epilepsy and different things that are either a byproduct of the disorder or not. Like I'm not up with the science, but if, if they have other brain conditions, I feel like it's,
1: this is where it gets really fucking complicated because then you have schizoid personality disorder which is feeling of detachments, preferring to be alone, avoiding social situations, not desiring relationships. Now, when I hear this, mm-hmm. this to me represents more of our school shooters, yeah, not our serial killers, sure. right? Seeming dull or indifferent, inability to enjoy activities, trouble relating to others, lacking motivation. When you look at a lot of the profiles of these folks who have gone in and shot up schools or theaters, that fits more for me. Yeah,
0: I have absolutely interacted with many youth that fit the it's it's part of the assessment process where I'm going to ask a lot of questions around what about friends? Do you do you have any friends? No, you know, and a lot of people are going to jump to the conclusion that somebody wants friends. But you kind of, you have to follow up. You have to say, I've been trying to be Shannon's friend for years. (laughs) She doesn't want it. I am schizoid, and I want her to go away. Uh, (laughs) and it's, and I just follow up with questions around that. Like, Oh, is that a, is that cool? I mean, is that okay? Do yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Did you ever have friends? No. Are you, are you interested in that? Not. And then, you know, no, no. Like, and they look at you like you're a little bit insane, Mm-hmm. And, and there's a difference to a kid who's anxiously avoiding sounding like they are lacking. Like, oh, oh, no, no, I don't care. I, I, it's right. fine. Or a kid with autism. But also has friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of times it's like, no, I don't want friends. And then the mom says, yeah, oh, no, he has tons of friends. yeah <laughs> You know, and so there's, there's little differences there. But I have definitely genuinely met adults and youths who don't want friends, don't care about, uh, interaction with people and are also, that's not their mental health issue. That's another key. That's right. Is it's like, they're not socially anxious. They're not depressed. Mm -hmm.
1: They're not, you know, it's just not a factor. Yeah. So there's, you know, the, that whole schizophrenia continuum, delusional continuum, that in and of itself just there's so many layers to that, and and like you were saying at the beginning, you know, you get somebody to go into a hospital and in seven days, they have such a, a, like, heavy diagnosis such such as borderline personality disorder. There's no possible way, no possible you can way. know in seven days if that's what someone is.
0: No, and and if someone's taking that from some other, like if it's you have to put patient reported, <laughs> yeah, because the patient could say, oh well, I have borderline personality disorder. And you just have to put that, just mm-hmm. put patient reported. And then we all know. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then you throw in bipolar. Yep. You know, active, fluidly, psychotic, bipolar, manic mania, like the invisible man. <laughs> and, you know, that's a whole other thing that, that could also be, it could also mask or look, it could present like schizophrenia. Yeah, because oh, you're sure. going to have delusions. Yep, You're going to have delusions of grandeur. You're going to possibly see and hear things. That's right. Yeah. So, and, the, oh, wait, one more. Some people with depression have hallucinations. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to confuse that because they're not delusions. They might, they might have hallucinations, but they might, they probably don't have delusions.
1: That's the same with drug and alcohol offenses. Right. You can have a drug and alcohol psychotic break. Absolutely. Where until you have the all of the information. Then, if we're just ruling that as schizophrenia or some sort of psychotic disorder, not recognizing, oh, it was this drug this person mm-hmm. took, you have to look at all. We that.
0: had so many of those in the in the psych hospital when yeah. when I worked, where I was working with a population with a lot of fifty one fifties, and there were so many of those.
1: It's had like, a bad trip. There was a bad, very bad trip. They did something
0: bad yeah. on that trip. Well, with those accents, let's move on to um <laughs> let's move on to narcissism.
1: Oh, we don't talk about narcissism <laughs> on this show. And borderline. No, we never talk about that. What do you have to say for yourself on this one? I know we have a couple we I know, you know, BPD, Borderline. Sure. We have uh Eileen Warnos and Jeffrey Dahmer are some of the more infamous Serial killers that have been assigned, who have been assigned that diagnosis.
0: They are, and we're going to, we're definitely this, uh, this season, we're going to do an episode on I, good old Eileen. I know that Dahmer, Warnos, I'm trying to think of if there's others that we've talked about that might have a borderline personality
1: dumber is the most obvious yeah and we haven't talked about eileen yet people have assigned that to bundy but it's been ruled out i don't see that maybe some traits but i don't you know he was really obsessed with stephanie what's the loss of yeah yeah but i think that still had to do with his grandiosity
0: well and i could see an argument for borderline functioning sometimes that's what i think too yeah For any of you who might not understand this, there's the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistics Manual that gives us all these diagnoses, right? And then so there'd be narcissistic personality disorder, there'd be borderline personality disorder, and then there'd be these lists, all these lists of things, and then you check them off and then the person has it, right? That makes it sound easy, but it's not. That's why we do differentials. But there's also a psychoanalytic or a different way of looking at it where someone who's functioning very well would be more of a neurotic personalities or neurotic functioning. Someone who is functioning at a more borderline functioning level is in the middle. And then at the bottom would be the more uh, psychotic functioning. And so we could look at it, taking the DSM out of it, we could like, look at it like you, we all can be in any three of those That's right. at any time. So if you have functioning around relationships and you have functioning around work, let's say, and at work, you're very, uh, neurotically functioning, you, you interact, it's, you're good, you're healthy, you're stable. And in relationships, you get into a relationship with someone and you have more borderline functioning, mm-hmm. which means it brings up probably all of your relational trauma and your family of origin and all kinds of upset and, and, and stuff. And so that's why sometimes I think people who go strictly by the DSM, which we, of course, we have to in our mental health care system. But if you case conceptualize just from the DSM, I think you're kind of missing out on some of those nuances. So I guess what we could say what we might be saying is that Bundy in certain parts of his life or in certain moments or maybe that last six months could have been exhibiting much more of a borderline functioning for sure. Or what we would see as borderline yeah. borderline personality, but hadn't before that, something well, like
1: that. We know that people with complex post traumatic stress will oftentimes function from there. We
0: can all be there. Yeah. In grief. You can start to function in a more borderline way. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely personally felt those feelings yep. before. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think if you're uh, a psychologist and you're tapped into those things and you're on therapy, like you can, you can speak intelligently about the different, like, okay, in that relationship, I felt very borderline functioning. I felt very fear, afraid of right. abandonment. I felt very hyper vigilant about their behavior. I felt, you know, all mm-hmm. those things. So yep. anyway, but narcissism, we talk about a
1: lot, <laughs> So how would you explain to our listeners the biggest distinction between the two? I would say that relationally
0: borderline folks are fixated on you and narcissists are fixated on themselves. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> In a colloquial way, that would be a I, I one had one with way, someone I say. say once, a borderline will say I have a lot of problems and they're your fault. <laughs> or narcissists
0: go, I don't have any problems, they're all yours. Yeah. I also experience them. And we're speaking very generally because there's a lot of nuance in this. I feel like narcissists have a locus of control around their behavior. Yes. And that someone with a borderline personality does not have a locus of control around their behavior
1: to an extent. Cause narcissists, you can, you can get beneath the oh, mask and then there why comes yes the rage. <laughs> I've yeah. seen that rage. Yeah, me too. Me too. And fuck. But most of the time, until you tap into that shame. Generally. On the, on the surface. That's what makes them great manipulators. Yeah. They Is know they how to can, get you going.
0: Yeah. They, they, they are also, but, but see, both are hypervigilant about observation. They're both observing you keenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to say, though, because
1: both are pretty manipulative, but in such different ways. And narcissists can also be f- focused on the other. But their main, I think their main... Um, but I think it's self-serving. It is. Like they're focused on That's you, true. but it's only to serve right. whatever... We're borderline, they're... it's about the abandonment. Yeah. The fear of abandonment.
0: And it's about relationship, whereas narcissists, it's not about relationship. Yeah. It's it's about control. whatever agenda or control they're, yeah. they're after. But you can see how sometimes folks ooh, can have both... So with Dahmer, you wouldn't say he had both. No. You would 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 say he had borderline personality. You would say he was a cannibal. You would say he was a a psychopath. Mm -hmm. Anything else off the top?
1: No. He had some of the, you know, bizarre behaviors that we talked about with Ramirez as well. He was relationally anxious and Mm -hmm. very odd, even from the, his childhood. I think anxiety too. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I Mad realize Social that just, anxiety.
0: Yeah, I realize that just plays
1: into all the other yeah. things, but. But he was, he was very odd. And then you look at someone like Eileen Wernos who had so much relational trauma. So not only was she BPD, she was stuck in that borderline organization. And also diagnosed
0: with antisocial. Mm -hmm. So I don't, but I mean, we didn't diagnose her with that, obviously. So I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting to, to understand that. Outside of those
1: killings. I'll be interested to see whether we rule that. Yeah. When out. we
0: dig into that, I'll, I'll be interested to see if, if, if we feel differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So which one are you? Let's see. Let's
1: take that. No, <laughs> um, definitely the antisocial let's, personality. Let's give so. her
0: the hair psychopath checklist. Shall yeah. we? Definitely. I'd probably the psychopath. all
1: those. Yeah.
0: Which one would you rather be out of all of these things? I don't want to eat people. I don't either. Let's see. Do we want to be antisocial? Psychopathic, narcissistic, borderline, schizophrenic,
1: or schizoid? Listen, if you're going to be in your own personal hell and know it, yeah. I don't want to be in that. And okay. as a psychopath, you're not in that. Oh, right. Okay. Right. And that's why it's so So we're hard. ruling
0: out borderline. We're ruling out narcissism. We're ruling out schizophrenia.
1: Mm-hmm. Schizoid? Oh. Yeah, that's it. I mean, do they really know that? Do they know? really know? I don't know. You tell us well, and we have to think about. It comes down to: Are they experienced, experiencing distress? Yes, but narcissists really aren't on a conscious level. The people around them but are they experiencing can,
0: distress, but they can. But they can access that. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. can. They can definitely hit midlife sure. and and have a Become complete depressed. breakdown because mm-hmm. when you don't have a self, that's right. It's very debilitating to figure that out.
1: Inverted narcissistic so is what personality. We're choosing. <laughs> So I'd rather be a psychopath.
0: All right. So just Jason, Michael, somebody like that. Dracula. Dracula. All right. Right on. Thanks, you guys. (laughs) Thanks for stopping by and seeing what Kathy really wants to be. A
1: psychopathic vampire. Sure. We'll see you next week. (laughs)